What up? I hope that you were listening live because if you were, then that was John Wayne with Minerals and Gems. And that song is amazing to me. The more I listen from John Wayne, the more and bigger fan I become just because he's like a real MC. He's not just playing around. He's not just putting out some bullshit and then holding his tongue because he wants to be friends with everyone. I think I spend a little bit too long and too much time and energy caring. And I think caring too much is, 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 is becoming a problem because here's why I wanted to talk about John Wayne. Because I was thinking about the concept of being an outcast. How when you kind of look at the hip hop landscape, He's not a name that comes up immediately. And a lot of the guys that I like aren't the immediate names that you know about until they are. LP was not on a lot of people's radar until Run the Jewels, and now he's a household name. I feel like John Wayne has that type of like potential like career-wise because the man is just so talented and he's such a good producer and he's such a good he's such a good MC that he's just one of those dudes that I just I just love their energy and I love how they approach this particular uh, type of craft where he could be lazy he could just be doing what he does to get attention but he doesn't. He does what he does because that's what he loves. And you can kind of tell. And so I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about what's it like being like an outcast in the hip hop game? And what's it like being comfortable being an outcast in general and in the hip hop game? Because let me tell you a little bit about my history. If you guys don't know, I was... I've been an outcast for a long time, probably since, probably since high school was when I was really an outcast. And then in college, I became an outcast that knows how to fit in with everybody. But the more I become myself these days, the more comfortable I am with that outcast like I'm more comfortable with the uh, with the outcasts than I am with the the normies than I am with the muggles. It's just all the talk that people do about everyday life and stuff. It's not appealing to me. But the interest of the outcasts, the interest of those whom aren't aren't in the main of anything. Well, that that speaks to me that's interesting so I keep looking at all these like MCs and all these people whom I can kind of like relate to directly like on a one-to-one on a one-to-one level and yeah it's people it's people like people like John Wayne it's people like Charles Hamilton it's people like Basically, the people who aren't your ordinary, normal, this is how I fit in, I'm cool, uh, whatever. And then eventually, you know, by being excellent, you become recognized. But it's just a funny world. And I started thinking, so I I started thinking about that. 
And then I start thinking about why do we do what we do? Like, why do I do what I do? Am I doing this just because I want to fit in? Am I doing this just because I want to find my place in the world? Like, being associated and being a part of something is, is very important for, for human beings to feel like they're right with everything. And when you are excluded or you're just not, not a part of something, not even that's excluded, like you're just isolated, it's not healthy for you. And I'm not saying that I'm isolated or anything like that. I'm not saying that I don't get along. But I know that... I know that as I am right now, I'm not the... Uh, so, I'm trying to get better at using this app. Because it sounds better when <laughs> I hold it to my ear. But then I lose time because I can't really see when the, the screen flashes for me to change over. So let me go ahead and say this real quick, just because um, it's on my mind. The whole thing, the whole point of me even bringing up this thing about outcasts, I can't remember where I get cut off, so I apologize for that, everybody. Being an outcast, you would think that that is a negative. You'd think that that is like uh, something that's a pain. But the truth is, since that's my truth, that's what I actually, who I actually am, the more I, the more I understand that and accept that, it's like I'm tapping into it as a power. Like, this is my truth. And because it's true, everything that I create or that every impression that I, that I, that I have, that I give out, comes across twice as strong simply because it's coming from a, 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 a place of authenticity. So when I, when I actually talk about these like uh, outcast rappers like John Wayne, like Charles Hamilton, their, their, their stuff is so strong because of how truthful they are with their reality. And so, depending on whatever lane it is they're doing, whether they're talking about not getting girls or getting girls, whether they're talking about um, chasing money or avoiding money, even though the, the, the concepts are contrasting, it's the themselves pushing toward uh, their, it's no, not pushing, it's themselves reveling in their own reality and their own truth. And that sense of authenticity is, is, is very attractive. Uh, it's very attractive to the universe because it's like you're in tune with the source. Uh, and the source is who you really are. And so it's like what Cat Williams always says, you know, you gotta be in tune with your star player. Because when you are, when you really, really are in tune with who you are, who you are, then it's much easier to shine. Instead of trying to uh, change the shape of your star, uh, why don't you just polish it up so that whatever shape it in, whatever shape it's in, it will uh, it will glow regardless. So I know I say this a lot, but you know I just like I try to let you guys in because one, it's fun. Two, I think that it may it may help somebody who's experiencing kind of like the same thing uh, 
to just kind of know that we're all we're all focusing we're all in this together and we're all really just trying to um, find a place really where we belong and that makes sense to us so so uh, in addition in addition to uh, John John Wayne music uh, I I feel like the his music is really inspiring inspiring me lately because um, I, I, I was worried about a couple of things that I was making and I was just like man I know it sounds and it feels pretty good to me but is it gonna resonate and blah 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 and that stuff it really doesn't matter I mean really the only thing that matters is to keep putting out content and then keep creating stuff that I enjoy because if I don't like it and like I'm not a fan of it like I'm the one that has to perform it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the one that has to uh, get on stage, that has to rap about it. I'm the one that gets to freestyle and all this stuff. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys listening to my meanderings and my ramblings. And uh, we're going to get into um, a couple of a couple of other things in addition to this today. There's some pop culture news. There's some anime news. Um, there's some random news, which I may talk about, but I probably won't just because I don't really care about the, uh, OJ Simpson trial or the R Kelly stuff or the Usher stuff or the Kevin Hart stuff. That's not really my thing, but I understand how people are, uh, tuned in and, and fascinated about, about those type of things. So, uh, I'll give a, uh, I'll give a momentary, momentary intro here in a second because I want to introduce uh, something pretty, pretty dope. So yeah, looking forward, looking forward. Today is a great day. Um, based on a previous podcast, one of the homies from the XR Overwatch podcast, a new homie, he gave us our first call in for Otaku Beef, and he's just talking about how you feel like you're pressed, pressed for time, how you can kind of under, overcome that obstacle. And some of the tips and tricks he uses. So, you know, I appreciate him calling in. I thank him for listening. Uh, And actually, I really like the tips he gives because I've heard a couple of people say some things like that. People like Gary Vaynerchuk, people like Tim Ferriss about how you can kind of better prioritize. But I don't want to say too much. This is just the intro leading into him. I want you guys to definitely peep him. XR Overwatch podcast, Zidraw, Otaku Beef. Hey man, um, I was just listening to one of your episodes on like time and basically how you like aren't really happy with uh, what what you're accomplishing in it and just like yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle uh, when you're trying to accomplish a lot and get to where you want to be at. Um, I'm I'm in the same situation and just like something that I've like learned that help that has helped me is uh the um the muscle memory you build like on every single micro action that you take and also just auditing out out the shit that doesn't matter like anything that you do that you probably didn't have to do in the first first place or mundane shit you can cut that out and then like focus more on the task at hand and uh that's what i'm starting to do a little bit more and it's helping me so just that muscle memory of building up like okay i can do this fast anyways thank you man Yo, what's going on? This is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-V-V. Thanks for listening to Otaku Beef 
on Anchor. I hope you guys are listening to it live so that you can hear some of the song selections. We always have fun. You know how we get down. You know what we do. So I was talking to a friend this morning about the new Kingdom Hearts trailer that was recently released. Apparently, the uh, new worlds that they're going to have, they're going to have fewer worlds than they had in Kingdom Hearts 2. Now, obviously off the top of my head, I was like, yeah, but it's kind of been 11 years, so where's all this time going? He was like, well, I think these worlds are probably going to be far more expansive, or at least they better be, and I could not agree more. It's crazy, too, because Kingdom Hearts was one of those video game revolutions that was uh, almost unexpected. We always wonder, how can we get these big, massive, high-quality games? And I remember seeing the footage and the information for Kingdom Hearts way back in the day when... uh, The way that they discussed it was that the guy from Final Fantasy Square Enix happened to run into someone from Disney in an elevator. They got to talking and they were like, we should really do something. And then they kind of, yeah, you know, hyped each other up and went their separate ways. And then they really did something. They took these fantastic style and video game design of Final Fantasy, got creative, made an action style RPG. And they applied this great epic storyline through the Disney worlds. So if you've been associated with the Disney worlds in any sense as a kid, it was like super nostalgic, very fun and very cool to see a different side of these worlds and these locations that we may or may not have seen before. Like there was a Pinocchio world where you're inside the whale. There was um, an under the sea aerial um, Little Mermaid world. There was all this really, really cool stuff that was just tons of fun, except for the gummy ship. Then in Kingdom Hearts 2, they took that formula and they ran with it and they came with this crazy game. And then they were like, Kingdom Hearts 3, coming soon, as soon as they finish Final Fantasy Versus 13, which turned into Final Fantasy 15. So you know how that goes. That team that makes that game was the team that made the Kingdom Hearts game. So every time they were like, when is the next Kingdom Hearts? When is the next Kingdom Hearts? They would point to, well, Final Fantasy Versus 13. Final Fantasy 15, as it became, is not out yet. So the Kingdom Hearts people, they're not on it yet. People like me, who was a fan of both, was like, all right, cool. I'll play Final Fantasy 15. But then after that, okay, where's Kingdom Hearts? I need it in my life. I need it. And we finally got a trailer. They had had a trailer at E3 last year which showed some gameplay footage, so like roller coaster uh, rides, so some interesting stuff. But this is one of the first trailers that really details the world. This is the one inside Toy Story. And I didn't really, wasn't able to fully discern exactly what was happening in terms of who's in your party. How the party system is going to work, is it going to be the exact same as the other two games where it's Goofy and Donald and then depending on the situation, depending on who you have, you would take one of the people out of your party and choose them. Like in the Hercules world, it was so fire that I was fighting with Auron from Final Fantasy X. Talk about a freaking like, yeah, this is for the fans. And yet... In final, in uh, in other worlds, you're fighting with the hero of that world. Though I can't remember if in the Mulan world we actually fought with Mulan or not. I feel like we didn't. 
Like maybe we fought with like the guy soldier whose name I can't remember, which would be kind of weird. Um, but I can't really recall. The whole point of me saying that is that we there was some footage, and I think it had Buddy on screen and it, Woody on screen, and it had Buzz on screen at the same time. I think everyone was fighting, so I'm not really sure who was um, how the party system was or how it was set up. But I do know this: the footage looked really cool. The graphics look amazing and detailed, and exactly what you want from a Kingdom Hearts game. I hope it doesn't get a little bit too serious, where the world is ending like it is every single time, because I feel like that detracts from it. But based on this, I'm super excited. So go check out that trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 with the Toy Story world. It's awesome. What's going on, Zidra, Otaku Beef, and yeah, I just. Like a lot of everybody, I just found out about the passing of Chester, the lead singer for Linkin Park. And I know that he had a lot of a very big fan base in the, uh, the anime community and the geek community. Um, that's not my main genre of music, but I, I was a big Linkin Park fan myself. Uh, especially the first, their first album, uh, I thought was, I thought it was just marvelous. They just had that, that energy and they had that intensity and they just had this super amazing appeal. And I think a big reason for that was because of Chester. Now, the only reason that I know uh, this particular story is because I heard Linkin Park on the Loveline radio show on some replays of it. And uh, Loveline is a show that Adam Carolla did with Dr. Drew in the 90s and early 2000s where they helped teens with uh, whatever problems that they were going through. And they would a lot of times have musical guests in there. And once or twice, they had the entire crew for Linkin Park, and that was really where I learned their story. They apparently were a group um, that Chester was not, a, not even a part of, but they brought him in because he had this like unique, this amazing sound. Like His vocal range is just insane. He could hit these really high-pitched notes. He had a strong... Uh, vocal capacity just one of those guys where their voice just stands out so whenever you would hear like him sing or what have you you just knew this is a Linkin Park song so you know it, 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 it makes me it makes me sad for a couple of reasons not just that he passed because Passing is, is tragic, but when someone passes at such a young age, it's almost a travesty. And the cause of death is so far not fully conclusive, but they're estimating that it's suicide. And I think that's really kind of what kicks you in the gut. And it's one of those things that we just don't talk about until something like this happens. 
where so many of us, so many people, they're suffering from extreme anxiety. They're suffering from depression. They're suffering from isolation. They're just suffering in silence. And they just can't take it for whatever it is, for whatever reason. They just can't handle the pressures of their ordinary life. Maybe they're not on their mission. Maybe they just feel as if they're not fully themselves. Maybe is that they feel that they just can't get a break or do whatever it is that they're wanting to do. Uh, maybe they just are lonely and they feel no real connection. Whatever the case may be, it, it, it hangs over people. Now, somebody who's personally kind of dealt with uh, depression and anxiety and stuff like that, it just makes me sad that there weren't enough people who were able to kind of reach out and ask and check to see if they were okay, to see if everything was good, see if anything was going on for him. And this is somebody who we always say they had everything in the world. He's successful, he's young, he's talented, well-off, handsome guy, everything for him. And yet, in his heart, he had nothing going for him. And that's the kicker. We need to listen more often. Because this reminds me of Capital Steez, another man trading so tragically before his time, super talented. But there are people that are talking about depression uh, currently and how they're living with it. So, I think that one of the celebrities whom actually talks about these type of things is Neil Brennan. If you don't know who Neil Brennan is, I guarantee you, you know his work. He is the co-creator of The Chappelle Show. So he's one of Dave Chappelle's best friends. He's a fellow comedian and comedy writer. And he wrote with Dave Chappelle on a lot of things for a number of years. He co-wrote Half Baked. He did a lot of writing for Saturday Night Live after The Chappelle Show. Funny dude. He also suffers from depression. And you can hear him talk about it on a couple of things. Listen to Neil Brennan on the Joe Rogan podcast. He actually breaks down the methods and the things that he's tried to do to try and handle depression. And what he's come to understand is that he just, it's just something chemically is happening. He's tried everything from. Uh, marijuana to uh, medications to ketamine to everything and he said nothing really quite works fully where an ordinary person they just wake up and they just feel happy they're happy most of the time they're content someone who's suffering just doesn't feel happy they may have whatever they may be super successful like he like he is and they just don't, they just, a little part of them feels empty and that's just what they do. That's just how they deal with it. So seeing Neil Brennan and then seeing 
him being open about it, I feel like is the step in the right direction because there's no real advocates for uh, mental um, suffering, I guess is the right word. Maybe it's a mental illness, but it's like we have such a negative stereotype about mental illness. We label people as like crazy. We label people as weak. And now we're kind of starting to understand, but just like the rates, the rates of suicides are unreasonably high. The rates of frustrations and dealing with things like this are also high. There's no real literature to turn to. Um, So I wanted to really talk about this for a couple of segments just because I know how bad it can get. I know how frustrating and helpless it can be. And I know that it can feel overwhelming. In truth, as if the tragedy of the world is the size of the entire planet and it's all sitting inside your heart and it's overwhelming and you don't know why. There's no reason that your suffering should feel more than somebody else's, which is why we intellectualize it and say, well, I don't have it as bad as somebody in uh, Croatia who can't even get enough uh, soup to feed their family. So why should I complain? We don't take it seriously. And so I feel like it's a shame. It's just a damn shame because Chester was so talented. Linkin Park is such an amazing group. And he was a really solid dude. He was a good human being. Just listening to his interviews and hearing him overact, he seemed like somebody that was just very positive. Like he brought, he just brought something extra to whatever community he stepped into. And I'm sure that's why they loved him in the band. So we never really got to see the other side of them and and how low it got but in truth, RIP to Chester, you know, may he forever live in our memories and our hearts and our minds. His songs will forever be with us. And I just think that it's just a shame when people are taken so young. He was 41. That's astoundingly young. And we see it time and time again. We need as a country to step up our mental health awareness game. So be the first one, call for help, call the hotlines, get on Reddit. Everybody is looking out for you, I promise. What's going on? This is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-V-V. How are you guys doing for real? If you guys were listening live, uh, I was playing a little bit of the Linkin Park and uh, just remembering their great music. I hope you guys are doing good. If you guys ever have any issues when it comes to uh, depression, anxiety, frustration, and you just need to vent, and you wanna get it off your chest, and you just want somebody to say, hey, I'm so-and-so, this is going on with me, you're always welcome to reach out on this show. Call in, tell me, If you want me to play it to help other people, tell me if you don't want to play it and you just want someone to hear you, whatever. Call in. That's always welcome because I feel like there's just not enough people supporting that side of of the world. But 
I also I also wanted to just kind of get back into some more otaku top just because you know that's what that's what I love I really really enjoy uh, those obscure finds and I was thinking about that how there's a couple of uh, there are a couple of manga that I've read which I think are just spectacular which a lot of people have read eventually but I don't really hear enough talk about them because they're so dense like they're heavy the the, the rereads are are taxing I was thinking about 20th Century Boys and 21st Century Boys, which is the follow-up. Or It's not really a sequel, it's just the continuation. The story is so expansive. And Oh yeah, if you guys are hearing noises, I'm getting out of my car. You're going to walk with me back to, uh, to my apartment. So, I read 20th Century Boys about six or seven years ago? Yeah, that seems about right. It was a very, it was a very good and uh, interesting time for me just because I was finding and reading a lot of, uh, a lot of manga that wasn't normally on my radar. So a lot of things that I would have been ordinarily checked out, I was definitely taking a look at and uh, kind of taking a glance with just for the simple fact that I needed something else. That's kind of a byproduct of being in a taco like that is because you can't, you're not just satisfied with one thing, with one show or one story. You need more. It's, 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 a, it's a drug. Um, but as a result, I, I read some really, really amazing ones. Uh, and I think 20th Century Boys is one of the ones that I really appreciated the most for the simple fact of how the scope is portrayed yeah it's not just let me see if I, how I can put this it's not just a single series within a single amount of time what it does is it kind of expands beyond the uh, present time and kind of goes into into the future so you see you see the characters from when they're young and then you see them again when they're a little bit older and then eventually you see their descendants and stuff like that it's just one of those it's one of those stories that actually dares to uh, to work on depth depth of character depth of range depth of everything that I can think to do so that's one of the stories that I really appreciated and it was so weird it is a very very weird story it's one of those ones where I honestly can't imagine how they would do it live action and apparently there is a live action but I've never seen it but just the nature of it and the style of it and how it portrays tension because there's no action it's like this mystery story about a guy who calls himself friend who's basically a cult leader as he slowly slowly takes over communities and then takes over the country and how the country changes beneath his dictatorship and how a group of friends eventually develop a rebellion for it 
it was just one of those cool unique stories Another really good manga, speaking of depression, is one that I read when I was a little bit younger, when uh, you're in that stage where you're just kind of confused, you're trying to get where you're trying to go, you're not sure if you're in the right career, you don't know if you're approaching things correctly, and you feel as if your best years are behind you. And you think you're the only one that's kind of experiencing that, but the truth is, just about everybody has these feelings, uh, but it's one that I feel was a very interesting read simply for how indirectly it handles depression because I think uh, the feeling of being depressed, or the feeling of being an outcast, one and the other, a lot of times they correlate. So this one is called Cat Street and it's a very interesting manga about a girl who was a child actor and she was incredibly popular incredibly famous and then she just sort of burns out and washes out and then she becomes an isolated depressed like loner and she's living in her her house she's like 16 and she never leaves her room she wanders about the streets during the middle of the day but for the most part she just stays inside her room she's for all intents and purposes she's depressed and eventually she finds her way to a school for other people who are kind of like her people who something happened in their life and they screwed up or they just couldn't quite fit in or they can't get exactly where they're trying to go um it's a very very well structured well thought out manga and if you need like a pick me up because you're feeling kind of like down or you're feeling some sense of anxiety or awkwardness i highly recommend this one i think this is one of the better uh, works of manga that I've read and um, it's not on my top five favorite list but if we're making like a top 20 it's probably on there for the simple fact of how impactful it is now obviously as the story goes on the story the type of story changes a little bit from being one of depression and finding your center to you know a little bit of romance so if that's your thing too you may like it. This is a show. Well, is it a shoujo manga? If, if you guys are unfamiliar, um, their mangas are oftentimes split into categories. Shonen is aimed at young boys. Shoujo is aimed at girls. Uh, Senen is aimed at older boys. And then Jose is aimed at older, older young ladies. And I think this is like almost like in between... Uh, Jose and Shoujo, where it kind of tackles some real serious issues and some drama from a different perspective that you wouldn't really anticipate. So I highly recommend reading Cat Street. It's probably one of the mangas that is incredibly effective and incredibly well done. That probably isn't on too many people's list for the simple fact that it's... Um, it's not different, it's not outlandish, it's not a spectacle. It's just a very heartwarming story about some spectacularly particular people. So I highly recommend that one. Um, what mangas and stuff do you guys recommend? I would love, 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 love to hear 
some of the things going on with you guys. What do you like to read? What's a manga that you feel doesn't get enough love? Call in. I'll put you on the show and uh, let people hear your opinion. We can have a little bit of a discussion because there's tons of those. Like I said earlier, 20th Century Boys, Cat Street, Oikiku Furikabe is finally getting its, which is big wind up, finally getting its due. But for a long time, it was second fiddle to major. Um, and others, you know, Vinland Saga is really getting its due now. And there's a lot of nice, quirky pieces of manga and everything. But you know what I haven't done is I haven't really talked much about impactful anime. I think I'm going to make a podcast where I just talk about like four or five really special anime stories that aren't shonen series, they're not the super intense battle mangas, but just very unique, interesting mangas that are a little bit touching. So yeah, Zidra Otaku Beef. So I'm pretty excited. I'm going to be seeing Valerian tonight, which is a science fantasy or I guess science fiction but I think it's going to be a little bit more of the action-y science fantasy genre along the lines of Star Wars or some lesser known properties now I knew 100% nothing about this story or anything except for the first time I saw the trailer I saw the trailer a year ago when I went to see Harry Potter and no Fantastic Beasts is where to find them I, I forgot that the new films don't all start with Harry Potter anyway I saw this and it looked like it was right up my alley tons of spectacle like super spectacular when it came to the scope the scale the, the, the depth and breadth and the detail of what they've done visually and that thrills me so I've been waiting and anticipating and not watching anything about it I truly really know nothing about this story except there's a couple of teens I guess they're like 19 17 16 maybe 20 and they have to do some stuff there's different worlds there's different galaxies Rihanna's in it and there's crazy just space stuff I think I haven't been this excited for something like this since I saw the first trailer for Jupiter Ascending. So that should tell you something. Jupiter Ascending had an amazing first trailer and that is a piece of dog shit. That movie is so bad, it is hilarious. But the world building is good, but the movie is bad. So at the same time, I'm excited, I'm worried. This could be a train wreck. It could be terrible. They're advertising the hell out of it. If it's good, it could change so much. People will want to take more chances on properties like this. Apparently, as somebody who doesn't really know anything about this property, this is based on a graphic novel. Where in the graphic novel, it's about the saving of the universes plural and it's so well done and so in depth that they assume that they would never make this type of movie I don't know 
I haven't read them. I haven't seen them. I just know that based on what I've seen, it hyped me up. You got me, trailer. You got me. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm thrilled. Uh, My movie is in about two hours. So right now, I'm just kind of chilling. I'm hanging out. I'm actually finishing a song. Um, I'm about to play a rough draft here in a little bit. See how it sounds in the car. Quest Love said that he always listened to his music in the in the car to see if it worked. That's what I'm gonna do. I listen to my music in the car. I just do what Quest Love did. I just do what the smart people did or have done, and uh, that's how I'm kind of getting along. So I'm just very excited. I'm actually doubly excited because I literally just recorded, mixed, and um, semi-mastered this track. I told you guys, I'm going for volume. I'm going for volume and speed, volume and speed, because that's my only advantage. So the song's coming out this week. I'm going to announce it. (coughs) Excuse me. When I get it up on the platforms, I'm going to play some of it on here. And uh, you guys can go check it out if you want. But whatever. I really want to just talk about this Valerian movie because I'm so thrilled. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be... A fun time, whether it's good or bad. It's like two hours and some change, so I won't be back till late, like 11.30 or something like that. But I think this is going to be a really interesting thing. It's just coming out. I'm seeing it in 3D XD, which I like those screens better than the IMAX screens, simply for the fact of how spacious they are. I'm particularly tall. I'm six foot six, so I need a ton of leg room when I'm trying to do this stuff. The IMAX screen that we have in Dallas, at least the one by us, doesn't give you much leg room. So it's not as cozy as the XD. And I don't really get that much depth of picture from it. So the XD screen is humongous, floor to ceiling. I'm pumped. I cannot wait. I'll put up a review tonight too. Thank you as always for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V, a.k.a. Ziddy Raw, a.k.a. Albus Percival Wolfrey Brian Dumbledore. I hope you guys had a good time with our discussions. Uh, find me on all channels, Zid Raw the Wizard on Instagram, The Zid Raw on Twitter, Snapchat, Snapchat is Zid Raw, and my SoundCloud is Zid Raw. So my Bandcamp, so my YouTube, Zid Raw, Zid Raw, Zid Raw. You can find me if you do a little bit of searching, but yeah, we're going to cap this one off. Thanks for tuning in. And once I get out of this movie, I'm going to give you my recap of Valerian fully spoiled. Like always, uh, if you want to know, tune in. If you don't want to know, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a small segment in the beginning saying non-spoiler recap. Then the next one will be Valerian spoiler filled recap. All right. Talk to you guys real soon. Peace.